0: Welcome to the Savage Bloggers Network hanging on air. We are live with uh several folks from Pinnacle Entertainment Group, some of whom you've seen before, such as Clint Black and Scott Woodard. And uh we have a couple new people here as well. Uh Jody Black, of course, COO of Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and the
1: ever popular Sean Patrick Fannon. I'm Chris I'm Fannin. popular. <laughs> you are popular. Yes. You know, I've got I've got I've got to say I don't know how uh new it is, it's going to be, how new it's going to be for listeners to have me and Sean together on a podcast. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Clint, for that matter, too, it was pretty much you well, guys. Sean I think, and I used to host a certain Savage Worlds podcast
0: together. True. That's so. true. So long
2: since your last junk punch. <laughs> oh!
0: Awesome. So, uh Clinton Scott, welcome back. Last time we had you on air, it was with the uh, Six-Gun crew, which, uh, that was a blast. We still talk about that on, on occasion and uh, about how much fun that was. Uh, yeah, was great. Sean, was yeah that was We're still still geek out about it sometimes. And uh, Sean, we got to see you a little bit after that hangout, so welcome to the show, now that you're officially on the show. And Jody, of course, the just world's best COO of any company. Uh,
3: yes, that's a lot to live up to now.
2: <laughs> she she puts she puts up with us. That's
3: pretty much sainthood right there.
0: Exactly. So welcome <laughs> Jody. It's uh, you've you've helped coordinate a lot of these things. So I'm really happy to have you actually on the air with us. So well, thank, thank you. you.
3: I'm happy to be here.
0: And um, um, yeah,
1: I ahead. remember a time. I remember a time when Jody would not even talk on a podcast.
2: <laughs> Is that she used to?
1: We the would, sound
3: of my own voice, but it's been, would, been a while.
1: We would record with Clint, and Jody would like be hanging out listening to the whole thing and wouldn't start talking until I promised her that I'd stop recording. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome.
1: Back in the before times. That's right. Yeah, the before times.
2: Fantastic. And, and now she must stand forth for us all, for she's the only one anyone trusts anymore.
3: <laughs> That's not true. I think we all still trust Shane.
2: That's oh, true. I know him too well for that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's right, I said it. Come at me, bro.
0: <laughs> so, Clinton Jody, before we get started, how is your Kickstarter for uh, Carolina Game Tables going?
4: Uh, it's going great. Um, you know, we made our goal in like the first five hours, which was phenomenal. That was, yeah. Um, awesome. um, we expanded out because we kind of realized a little bit early in that the early bird idea for Game Tables, when you're trying to ask an entire family to come up with enough money to buy a you know solid dining room table didn't really kind of fit that whole thing of you know we can uh, we can make that decision in five hours right, you know? right. so it's not know, like where do you want to go
0: to lunch yeah,
4: yeah. yeah that's like what do you want to do for lunch that can take a half an hour itself you know? yeah <laughs> right. so uh, we expanded that out we added more slots for the early birds so there's uh, more options for people to get them at that that rate. And then uh, just uh, just this weekend, we added in a new design for a new table, a kitchen size table. That's there's excellent. a new
3: reward there now, so you can get a 4-foot square table with a 38-inch by 38-inch square inside, so you can play a 3-foot by 3-foot game, like, what was it, like the X-Wing Miniatures? The Star Wars yeah. Miniatures game? Yeah, there's a bunch of games out there that fit that. Or you yeah. can do our 6-foot by 4-foot table that has, what's it, 32 by 50?
2: Yeah.
0: area Yeah. So yeah nice. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Too many
3: numbers. Too many numbers. I
0: so know. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw an idea out there. Have you thought <laughs> you about a coffee table?
3: table? Or you can have a big
0: table. <laughs> what about a coffee table? Have you guys considered a coffee table?
3: Uh, we've considered it, but we were, you know, working pretty hard to get the new designs. So it'll take a while yeah. before we can introduce anything else. Cool. But we are working on some pretty cool stuff there. Yeah.
4: The kitchen table was next on the list, so we just we had to fast forward it to get it into where we could offer it during the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. um, because we had people ask about a smaller one. But you know, wanting to do other options and other designs is kind of on that list. So, but yeah, yeah, it's like it just takes a while to go through the design process and the you know prototyping stuff. I mean, we're still not quite prototyped on the kick the kitchen one, but we've got the basis down, so it shouldn't be a problem to get it. You know, put through, but so for that's
2: the, all for I want to Sean, me out here. Yeah. For the Sean Patrick Fannon budget, will be the TV tray table,
3: right? That'll be the next <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, we have this uh, five-dollar leather coaster option where you get one coaster.
1: So <laughs> you just buy a bunch of coasters and <laughs> <laughs> burn. <laughs>
2: <them out. laughs>
1: burn collects coasters, so I've actually considered the uh, the the full-on coaster option.
2: There you awesome. go. <laughs> yeah, you. Okay. I'm getting looked at by Corinne. It's like one of those looks. It's like the boys are weird look. I don't know. It's, it's Yes, it's the the table. Very a very the boys are weird
3: look. Well,
2: we're all on the table. We gotta get this apartment first. Right? Believe me, it's right. on the list.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over to Scott real quick. Scott, last Uh-oh, time we spoke hey. to you, you were uh, you were digging into uh, <laughs> in the six
5: gun, of course,
0: working on that. How's that been going for you, man?
5: Uh, it been going extremely well. Uh, as you may or may not know, it did uh, very, very well at Gen Con. Um, and at the moment, I am neck, if not nose deep, in uh, uh, the Six-Gun Companion, which is coming along extremely well. And uh, as Jody well knows, uh, it should be in her hands uh, shortly. But uh, we've got some really terrific stuff
1: going on in that. Awesome. Awesome. And you're I right. Actually, you go ahead, Ron. I have a question about the Companion. Um, as a guy that backed the Kickstarter. <laughs> this um, for you, Jody. <laughs> the, uh, the, I, I know that the, the companion is technically going to be the drive-through um, POD option. Yes. Um, are they doing it in that comic book size, or is it going to be a different size?
3: It's what they call a medium size. Um, we haven't nailed down the layout quite yet because we're still busy with words. But on pricing it, it's going to be close to the graphic novel size. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right, cool. I was just wanted to make sure because you know I don't want to make my bookshelf go back to
3: looking. Get any here. more EKG. <laughs> than it is.
0: It's it's the <laughs> pinnacle plan to make everybody's bookshelf an EKG meter. You know, huh. We're trying to get away from that. <laughs> we are.
3: We're trying to neaten it up for you.
0: Right. Good stuff. So, Sean. I'm gonna ask the obvious question, Savage Riffs man, how's oh who wants to know about uh, that?
2: Come on, that's old.
0: (laughs) So how's that going for you?
2: Uh, Well, uh, quite well actually. Uh, We had a round of uh, Kevin and his folks taking a look at it and coming back with very very positive feedback. They're very very excited. In fact, they gave us some great uh, feedback. We had to going to do a couple of extra tinkers to uh, to address a couple of things that they caught that we missed. So it's been a very, very positive relationship. Um, very, very cooperative, very collaborative. Um, he's extremely excited. Um, so we're, we're, we're plowing forward. I have been <clears throat> smacked on the nose with a, a taser-empowered newspaper enough times uh, that I'm going to stay away from saying anything too specific about what is done and what isn't. But I can tell you that the game is... Uh, is an extremely playable state. People are having a lot of fun with it. The demos have been extremely exciting. I said that twice now, sorry. Very exciting. Let's try that one. Um, we're in really good shape. Uh, I am I am neck deep myself in the GM's guide right now, and uh, coming up with some really cool stuff for that. And uh, you know, it's just full speed ahead. The big thing right now um, is uh, we had originally put out that we were hoping for an end of year thing, but Shane has confirmed that we're going to shoot for first part of 2016. And the reason for that is, this has got to be awesome in every way possible, and that includes the art. Uh, last day of Gen Con, me, Ross Watson, and Aaron Acevedo walked around with Shane and spent a long time actually looking at the best books, the best looking books, the best pieces of art in the art show. Uh, we did that very specifically so that we were on the same page for the the, the vision that we wanted to share about you know, what should come out first, how we come out swinging, from the cover to the interior to the graphic design to the words to the design, all of it swinging for the fences for this one because we know so many people are looking at this line. So it's it's got to be an it's, it's got to be top notch. It's got to be a thousand percent, and uh, we're all committed to that. So you know, uh, I don't think I say anything out loud. I say we'll go we'll go for best there is rather than early every time.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's been the pinnacle way for almost everything that's been released. So. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that, man. That's that's really good.
2: The best part is, uh, I've been talking about some of the things that we've chosen to do that are a little different than the original Rift's presentation, like what we do with Juicers, which we talked about at uh, Gen Con, and what we've been doing with some of the other uh, classic concepts. And a uh, lot of people are like, wow, well, wow, you're kind of stepping a far field. And, you know, what are they going to say about that? Well, they're excited as all get out, is what they're saying. And Kevin's just thrilled with it, and his, his team is excited. So. Uh, we are bringing some innovations as well as some you know really representing those classic ideas. Um, it is savage world's Crank to eleven there's no questions asked. this is going to blow your mind if you if you're a lot more for the you know I carry my 38 film noir thing and i 'm just kind of looking for that level rifts is going to be a little different because <laughs> right. the, the guns are big the spells are big everything's big but that's that 's what rift always was and that's what we're bringing
0: so clint you you've um You've reflected a lot like on the forums with questions that people have asked and doing like either adaptations or trying to accomplish a certain feel. And obviously with Riffs, you've been working really closely with with Sean. Uh you've also shown in some occasions that, you know, how you can just take the core of Savage Worlds and really adapt you know the the, the system, the rules, the core rules to suit this the setting. What what has that been like for something like Riffs compared to say other settings?
4: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rifts has been a, a very different creature. It really has. Um, it's not too far afield from some of the stuff I've talked about on the forums. Uh, I know you and I have had the discussion before, and I think I've even had it with Ron at some point in time personally. And I know you know Sean Sh- and you know uh, other things like that where I've said that you could take things like come outside the court of the companions. Specifically, the Superpowers Companion, and you can use that as an underlying foundation to do a lot of different things that do go into more over-the-top, you know, abilities and stuff like that. You know, the most obvious one off the bat is um, um, Star Wars. You know, where you could have all of your Force abilities bought as powers, and you know, Jedi get access to those, but then if you're the humans. You get access to things like buying the additional feats and increasing your skills and things like that, to where you know you're still having those points, you're just using them in a different way. And maybe you don't call it that, you know, but it's a foundational basis to build off of. Um, the, the one I've actually done and run is I use the Superpowers Companion as a basis to run a, a Buffy game for Jody and uh, a couple of friends at one point in time, and I just built. And It's it's great how the Eden system just almost ports directly over point for point at the time with the superpowers companion. I could just sit there and take all their demon builds, all their character builds, and just translate it over. And, um, you know, in this case, it's not that we used that so much, but we used what we knew from it Mm -hmm. to build those things like, you know, bursters and juicers and crazies and things like that. We knew where those balanced out because we had done all that work so that it would, you know, work well with the science fiction companion mm-hmm. that we made those two work and balance together and that since riffs really is effectively um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. yeah. Okay. Since riffs is effectively taking from both of those, that was a perfect foundation to go with. So yeah, we're varying away from the core and we're going into those books more to build off of that as a foundation, but from there, Sean's building the world of rifts on top of it, you know? Right,
2: right. And, and that's what I was, saying, I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Jody.
0: Oh, go
4: ahead.
2: Jody.
0: Jody. Jody, were you going to say
3: something? I, I was just going to clarify the that Clint's not talking that you need the superpowers companion or the science fiction companion at this point to play riffs, it'll be a standalone, you just need the core rules, right? right,
2: um, right. It, exactly, so so one of the mandates um, was that it did need to to track well with the Sci-Fi Companion because there was just so much there in terms of tech, in terms of guns, weapons, uh, vehicles, you know, in riffs you have what Sci-Fi Companion calls walkers, right, robot armor, you have power armor, you have all those things parallel to the guys who are casting big magic and all that. So, so that compatibility was necessary, but Joey's completely right. This is going to be standalone. The only book you'll need is the core rules, and that's a, that's a commitment we have across the board, right? It's, you can take the sci-fi companion and, and do some more if you really want to, because if anything, Rifts is a kitchen sink kind of world where anything can come in and play anyway. That was the way it was designed. Now, as, as Clint said, we had to go some new places because there are expectations from people who love Rift. that are going to want to see something that is decidedly a glitter board decidedly a leyline walker, decidedly a juicer. An edge was not going to be enough to convey all of that information and all of those special abilities. So we took the racial approach, the idea of if you took a race, that race is going to modify your basic build, we crank that to 11, and we use a similar approach to you buy this, or you take this iconic framework, and you layer it on top of what is still a standard build character. You still have your 15 skill points, your 5 attribute points, your hindrances, you still build that character. But you just And everything else that uh, has gone into this thing has been a matter of layering on top of the known rules, layering on top of the foundation that you already know. So you know, it's going to be more, but it's not going to be completely like left-angle different. You're still building and playing a several character. You're just front-loading a hell of a lot of extra cool stuff at first, and then you still have plenty of directions to go with your character build from there.
0: So, so sort of to summarize, then what we're looking at is um, it's not again not so much that it's it's using the superpowers companion, but that there were a lot of lessons learned in terms of design and development that you're able to then sort of massage the Savage Worlds rules to to do what you need to do for riffs. Um, And then when you were talking about it using. Uh, it being a standalone system, that brings to mind another question. In the past, certain license settings were all inclusive. So, for example, uh, Solomon Kane is that—that's not going to be the case for uh, for uh, risk, correct?
3: That is correct. Like we didn't do that for Sixth Gun either. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, but the okay, idea basically so so
2: is to, to to foundation everything off of. And the truth is, most fans have the core rules. So it's not really fair to them to ask them to buy the core rules again. So right. it's also taken And let me tell you, yeah. so I already had to cut so much uh, from from what we were going to be able to put in this book. I mean, nothing. It's, it's a solid book, but we just there's so much material putting in the core rules again would have eaten way more space than was necessary. Uh, so we just wanted to cram more new cool stuff in there.
3: Cool. And remember, we're trying to keep to the uh, graphic novel format, so. You don't want to do five volumes of riffs that you need every single volume.
5: Right, <laughs> <to play>. right.
3: <laughs> No, we're looking at, you got the core rule book, you got your uh, player's guide, you got your GM's guide, and then we'll go off the rails for the rest of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the great thing about the core rule book is that it is only $10, and, and so getting your foot in the door with Savage Worlds is it's, it's effortless almost. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, I I cannot contain myself any longer. I am going to force a subject change. Do it. Dun 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 dun
2: dun dun dun
5: dun. Next one is Scott it! Yes. Well, I mean unfortunately At this point of course we 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 can't I mean there's not a lot we can say right now. Um I mean Jody you can Yeah, you left us on a cliffhanger, man. I know, it's a huge cliffhanger, yeah, yeah. and that's appropriate for Flash Gordon, it is. isn't it? Yeah, um, that's, that's but uh, at the moment, we certainly, uh, you know, we know we want to line in, uh, uh, have a, a full line. Uh, that's obviously the intention here. Uh, I'm currently speaking with some fantastic uh, writers, and uh, we're lining up some people who are incredibly interested in working on this project. Uh, I'm certainly very, very excited, and and right now, once the Six-Gun Companion is... Is uh, is done? It'll be Flash Gordon all the time, and so Mongo is going to be my home away from home, if not my home. Nice. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're really excited to work on it. I mean, we've got uh, access to you know just decades and decades of incredible material here to play with, and it's uh, it's a wide and exciting universe, and we're we're looking forward to having a good time in it. So there's uh, and, and Jody, unless you have more to add at this point, we we have to obviously be a little bit vague, but. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's in production.
5: Yes. <laughs> so one, the only question I really have oh
0: actually I have a couple questions and uh but uh, oh, one was one that that Ron and I <laughs> you nice <laughs> awesome. Uh so the so the question I have or one one of the first questions I have is um uh flash Gordon has had has gone through a number of different styles throughout different mediums uh whether it was you know the old serials or comic books or films or or even television shows right
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, what uh what's going to be the sort of i guess
5: um trade dress or or, or whatever for the these, core, the core inspiration yeah. well you know there are th- across the board with everything that has been produced whether it's the original strips whether it's the uh, serials, whether it's the 1980 film, uh, or even the Sci-Fi Channel uh, short-lived TV series. Uh, there are themes, there are commonalities amongst all of those. And we, at the moment, uh, are able to play in pretty much anything that is Flash Gordon. So we've got access to a huge universe, uh, and, and there is going to be a lot of uh, crossover. So thematically, I mean, it's tough to say because, you know... it. There's just, like I say, there are just so many commonalities. You've got Mongo, you've got Flash, you've got uh, all of the the kingdoms of Mongo, um, and it doesn't matter how they were how they have been depicted. There are always similarities and and always sort of these these the sameness amongst everything that's been done. And so that's when one of the most intriguing things about it is to take all that stuff and pull little bits and pieces out of every way it's been represented over the decades. And and that's one thing that I think all of us are really looking forward to doing. I, don't know, I hope that answers your question.
1: You actually <laughs> answered that in exactly the way yeah. I was hoping you would answer yeah.
2: that. Yeah. I was just saying to be a quarterback for the New York Jets.
0: Right. <laughs> <But> I think, <laughs> I think if the that's the only thing that's changed, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing that's
5: really changed about all the different versions is what his sort of career was. Uh, yeah, I no, no. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the early one, oh, no, gosh, what is he? Is it lacrosse? I always forget which sport that he plays in the beginning, but he is a sports star, uh, right. So, yeah, there's, there's always been, I mean, it's just amazing to see how faithful, in some ways, the 1980 movie was uh, yeah. to the original strips. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that's been the intention of all of the people who played in that universe, is to take all those things that are just essentially Flash Gordon and make sure they're right there on the screen or on the page. And that's what we're, we're going to do. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, that's, that's
4: actually one of the huge advantages to doing Flash that's been phenomenal to find out. <laughs> because we have access to all the original comics you know that a lot of people aren't familiar with, as you go through them, you suddenly realize that all of the shows were almost taken, some cases, word from word, yep. directly from the comics, including the movie. I mean, uh, I think, you know, Gordon's alive, dive my Hawkman, dive, all yeah. that stuff, you know. A lot oh, of yeah. these iconic lines were taken almost directly from the comics. Nice. Um, They really did stay true, and I I think in that case, that was what they were going for in the the movie back in the 80s, is they wanted that campy over the top, so they wanted to use those lines that had that feel from the comic.
1: Well, as long as the art isn't just freeze frames of the movie, I'll be happy. (laughs) Uh, I think you'll be happy. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. So
0: Alec, Alec Muzzy uh he's, he's currently watching the show. Uh, he he submitted a question it's actually one of the other questions I was going to ask. Um and a lot of people sort of immediately drew comparisons to Slipstream, right? And the and, and the the question being, you know, what does that mean for Slipstream? Is it going to be a Slipstream sort of 2.0 or with the serial serial numbers slapped back on or you know, what Jody, I'm assuming you might be the best person probably to field this one. Um what what's your take on that?
3: Um, well, Scott, you jump in if I start veering off course here because I haven't <laughs> talked to Shane about that one recently. But uh, Slipstream is still out. We still have um, plenty of copies available. We have no reason to update the file anytime soon. You know that if you just wanted to PDF uh, download, it's still good. Still good to play, especially if you want to get your Flash Gordon on right now. Go download <laughs> Slipstream and start playing it. It's not going to be anything like what we've got for Flash Gordon because it's such its its own universe. Yeah. So I kind of feel like the two products complement each other. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, we, we obviously, Slipstream is an older product. We don't currently have any uh, uh, intention to put out any new adventures for it right now. Um, but there's been some great fan-created content that's been coming out for that. And, you know, there's there's some really good stuff out there that you can be playing right now if you can't wait for Flash Gordon. But we're getting Flash Gordon to you, and Scott's gonna do a great job with that.
4: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, one of the things I really I really enjoy about us being able to do this is you know, Flash Gordon or Slipstream was always our homage to like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and all the old right. sci fi stuff, you know, that was like that. But you know, what we've tend to to find is you kind of have two groups of fans and then the the Venn diagram where they cross over of the people who I don't want to play in a licensed setting. I like that style of game but I don't want a, a licensed setting. And then you have the kind of people that are like, "Yeah, I really just want Flash Gordon," you know. But then you have right. the crossover people that say, "I want both. I want to be able to take that and put it together." Well, with Slipstream and Flash Gordon now, you know, everybody's going to have what they want. You know, you just pick and choose. If you want both of them, put it together. But the great thing with Flash Gordon is it's not going to be an homage anymore. You're right. going to have Mongo. You're going to have those characters. You're going to have that world, and it's going to be a blast. <laughs> <I think laughs> yeah.
0: That's kind of my take on it. Like Sean Art, uh, uh, sorry, Ron and I talked about this in one of the podcast episodes where the um, one of the advantages to having a license setting because a, a lot of people are reacting like, well, it's just slipstream with the serial numbers left. I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's, that's not the case because. What I feel like you get with a with a true licensed setting is you get an immediate baseline assumption that all players will have starting that game, so the ramp up into or, or the, even the buy-in into a setting is going to be a lot easier than, say something that's unique and, and different where you have to learn the details of that setting in itself. Um, so you know when you say "Flash Gordon," boom,
1: everybody's ready to go. they know exactly what that means. This comes what? back to my theory that um, most players will not read anything Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a rule to screw over the Game Master.
2: One of of my thoughts is that uh, those who are Slipstream fans, first and foremost, are still going to want to get their hands on this because, obviously, we have collectively learned a lot since that book came out. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that comes out in a Flash Gordon book that Slipstream fans could certainly adapt to their game even if they weren't necessarily going to play Flash Gordon. So, you know, there's that.
5: Yeah, and I mean, we're going to have... You know, Flash Gordon specific tech. We're going to have you know a, a nice bestiary of, of of things that have have appeared throughout all the you know the years. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that can easily be crossed over without any effort whatsoever, and I think that's going to be one of the, its biggest appeals.
0: Nice. So, Scott, are you looking at all the old comics and finding those obscure things that are in the corner panels?
5: Oh yes. <laughs> and
0: <them> out or? <laughs> yeah,
5: and it's and it's even more jarring um, working on this stuff because. Uh the, the detail on some of the work, I mean, you look at some of the artwork that was done, even going way back in the 30s, it is it is stellar. It really is, and I really hope that that's one of the things that the RPG does is I really hope it gets people to, to take a look at the strips because they're phenomenal. Some of the artwork is, I mean, I would put it on my wall. I probably will have it all over my wall soon <laughs> but for different reasons. But, right. uh, yeah, there's a lot of incredible little... Little tiny things that I'm pulling out of the panels that I'm looking forward to putting into the book and just uh, or books I should say uh, and looking forward to, to you know getting the feedback from fans saying I can't believe you you caught that little thing and because that's the fun part. <laughs> right. right.
1: Is there is there a good place for a consumer to get a hold of all those old comics? You
5: know, they've been printed multiple times. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be a shill for a particular company, but uh, there's Titan Books is doing these real nice collections that I've been enjoying. And the, one of the reasons I like this this particular series is the uh, format of the books is uh, larger, and so it's easier for me to, to, to see the images well and also to make notes and put Post-its all over things. Uh, and it's also a matte. Quality paper and the coloring is really nice as well, so I recommend those ones. But there've there've been um, there've been quite a few that have been released, and, and and in regards to the Titan one, I think volume four is coming out in the next couple of months, so it's currently in production. So, uh, but nice. yeah, go out and and track them down in whatever format. I mean, there are some out there that are uh, a little cheaper, um, and those might be you know great for you depending on what your your financial so financial situation is. But the Titan ones I I personally recommend um, if you really want to take a look at them. Cool.
1: Thank you.
4: Yeah, another fun thing if you want to get a good feel for Flash Gordon right off the bat is go to YouTube and do a search for Flash Gordon Classic. Um, I can't think of his name. It's Rob. uh, I can't think of the animator, but he's worked for Disney and stuff like that. And he's done fan films. And he did Superman Classic. And it's like the old 30s style. Yeah. And he did a Flash Gordon animation like within the past two years or so, I think. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, very recently. And,
4: it, and it's in the old style. But he actually got for his voice actor for Flash Eric Johnson, who played Flash, you know, on the uh, Sci Fi Channel movie. And then he got, you know, other voice actors. But it's definitely kind of that old style and feel. And it's got, at the end, it's got this great thing where he talks about how. Why he chose Flash Gordon, of how it was Lucas's inspiration to do Star Wars, and he went back and he saw the serials. And one of my favorite parts is he says he really wanted to, you know, do the original artwork, you know, do it like the old comic strip style. But then he saw um, the original art. And he realized there's no way he could animate it. It was so beautiful. It was so gorgeous that there was no way he could do an animated version of it. So he ended up having to move uh, forward into when they started to do, like, some animation and and other stuff to, like, base off of that and make that style. And the uh,
5: serials, of course, are, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the serials are, I think all of them are in the Internet Archive. You can go and watch those for free. Yeah. So and then you can
2: uh, fly your Flash Gordon ship into rifts, but make sure you have a big gun on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a big, big gun. Right?
1: Why not? Yeah, Flash Gordon is a mega damage creature. Just so you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would believe Brian Blessed. No, I don't mean the character Zoltar. I mean Brian Blessed is a mega damage creature. Oh yeah. That's Right.
0: <laughs> awesome. So um uh, Clint and Jody, I know you're going to have to leave a little bit early before we end the show so I'm going to I'm going to put a little bit of uh, focus on you for a little bit if that's okay That's
3: fine
0: All right so um there were some other licensees and other products um uh, but I'm, I want to start with some of the peg specific stuff you um announced also a new version of rippers a new edition of rippers is that, that was correct Uh
3: let's see what we'll call- <laughs> package
4: Rippers 2.0,
3: yeah. I guess is 1. that 1. yeah.
4: One point no. no. 3. <laughs> Rip. What rippers? Ripper, rippers XP
1: or <laughs> yeah, I
4: know, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean uh, rippers three. Yeah, Simon came back. We were we were gonna redo rippers, and you know that was uh, one of Simon Lucas's when you know back when he he was with Pinnacle. That was kind of his baby. That came out under his tenure and uh, his work, and uh, so we went back, and Simon's been working on it, and when he came back, he basically took the storyline and moved it ahead from where the old book left off, which is really cool, and it's, it's been a neat idea because it lets us do something within the setting and make changes into it that fit the storyline and what we wanted to kind of do with it mechanically. Um, and it brings in a whole, it's, it's neat because it's not just an update, but it's a new dynamic for Rippers, uh, in a sense with that same feel, obviously, I want to keep with, but, you know, it's not just, here's the same setting with the same, you know, exact things that we had before, here's kind of, you know, taking it right from the point where the last one ended, the last storyline ended, so you're still in that same period. It's just now things have changed a little bit different, and we're able to use that to make a few tweaks that we wanted to make to the system but not make them feel so jarring. It actually feels like it's organically coming out of what happened from the first book.
0: So uh, maybe this is sort of an obvious question. If if I wanted to, could I just start with this new version of Rippers, this new edition of Rippers without having had sure. played Absolutely. or run? Yeah. And conversely, could I run the old Rippers or play the old Rippers using material from the new one?
4: That is our intent. Uh, yeah. uh, as a matter of fact, we're trying to work out a way to actually take the old Plot Point campaign and rework it so that you get that information so that you can, that's updated as much as it needs to be, uh, which may not be much. So you can, if you want to, take the new book. And the old campaign, and play it, and run through that using the new book. So, if you want to go back and play the old campaign, we're trying we're work, trying to work out a way to make that available to the fans. But if you want to, you can just pick up the book and go from
1: there. You know. So, uh, how many books is this going to have to be?
3: Of the new line, it's yeah. going to be two books: a player's guide and a GM's guide.
1: Okay. So it's going to be basically two of the, the new standard size books.
3: Yes. Graphic novel Sweet. format all the way. Yeah. I
1: like <laughs> that it's being split into two books. That's that's interesting.
3: The, well, you know, we, uh, we felt like there was enough um, mechanically with it that we wanted to have that front-loaded into the player's guide and then have the GM's guide be more focused on the plot point campaign. Or do we want to say it's... Anyways, <laughs> it's going
2: to be. It's still a <laughs> show. Remember,
4: yeah. Remember, part of what we're drawing from isn't just the original book, but also the Rippers Companion.
0: Right. I was going to ask the about that.
4: In it, so yeah. you're going to have the stuff about like, um, you know, the um, the Egyptian um, uh, set of Rippers that was in the Companion. Those are going to be integral to the player's book. Mm-hmm. You'll have that starting out of as an option of which faction of Rippers your character is from. So you'll have those other options that are kind of in there already pulled in from the Companion, so it's all in one place.
3: And of course the entire intent on this is that fans of the old Rippers are going to be super excited to see the story continue and to be able to play it again. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) thanks, Scott. Two thumbs up. (laughs) Um, You know, and at the same time, we're hoping that new people will get into the Victorian horror of, you know, ripping the tech, you know, ripping those teeth right out of the vampire, putting them in your own face because you are that badass. (laughs) I remember
1: running the original Rippers, and uh, my buddy Bill um, harvested, I want to say, the... Was it like the pituitary gland or... No. I forget what it was, but from, from a lizard in the sewer and was able to breathe fire. <laughs> and it was some sort of a, a bladder or whatever. But when he was able to do that, his mind was blown. Like, <laughs> like I can do what now? <laughs> <laughs>
3: And so you're fighting, yes. (laughs) uh, Yes, yes,
1: totally. Yes, awesome. Um, Do do we have a a timeline right now? I know. I think you mentioned uh, October for the Kickstarter, right? Uh,
3: Something like that. Yes, and that brings up an interesting point. So. um, Uh oh. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Good or?
3: (laughs) I think I think it's going to be good. So Uh tossed it around. Of course, Kickstarter um, has always been good to us at Pinnacle. Uh, but it takes a lot of time and then uh, you know players get um, and GMs like get a lot of cool things, but it is mostly geared towards GMs. There's only so much stuff that you can put out for players. Uh, so I think at this moment what we're planning to do is a release on our website instead and do that as a pre-order. Um, we'll be taking pre-orders for it maybe um, right after we release the Savage Tales of Horror. So you've got plenty of horror material to run in October while you're waiting on your rippers to come out. Um, but yeah, we're we're hoping to kind of adapt the Kickstarter model and run it on our own site. At least that is the intent. And I think if any if we were gonna try that with any property, this is the best one to try it with. So um, nice. you know we wanna we'll hear back from all of you, I know on social media here. Uh, people will send me emails. I'm happy to hear it because, you know, I know some people are probably going to be. But we have to have the Kickstarter. We want to see the the tally go up. You know, we might be able to put a little thermometer widget onto our website. We'll see. You know.
5: Okay,
3: so, uh, so we're playing around with that idea right now. We still have plenty of time to plan it. But oh. at, at this point, we're going to try to avoid making Kickstarter more money. The thing is, how would fans?
2: They're, they're true, right? That's one thing I love about being part of this team now is that Pinnacle fans are absolutely the freaking best. And if anybody could do this, it would be St. Shane and, and Pinnacle and, and, and this team that could could do it outside the Kickstarter model, and it would still work just fine. So I think, yeah. I think it's going to be a really possible uh, thing. I think it's going to work.
0: Yeah, I don't and think it makes, Pinnacle... It makes the
2: more money, too. So.
0: I don't think Pinnacle Entertainment Group has ever had an issue with people wanting to throw money at them.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, just saying.
3: Yeah. We hope you feel like we're worth it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Search the phrase on the forums: "Shut up and take my money," and tell me how many players <laughs> come up.
3: <laughs> Thank so,
2: you.
0: You, so you mentioned also uh, the the um, Savage Tales of Horror. We've and we know a couple of uh, even bloggers out there have mentioned that they're going to be writing. Uh, Christian Lindkey was one. Uh, Tommy Brownell was another. Uh, what and and this was something that was announced at at Gen Con as well. Uh, what else can you tell us about that? How many other uh, authors and how many other sort of products are we looking at out there? Uh,
3: it's going to be three books and each book has, I'm pretty sure it's four, five, sorry, <laughs> Clint's reminding me, <laughs> and signals down here, five <laughs> yes, <laughs> stories. There <yes. each>. are <laughs> <No>, four nights! <laughs> um, each one of the books is going to have a range of so many different genres because when you talk horror, there's just no end in sight to anything that you can imagine, and you put that horrific spin on it. So I think you're going to be really pleased. We've got everything in there from a Solomon Cain adventure to, a, to a, you know... Um, a
0: unicorns. Surprise. Unicorns are horrific.
3: <laughs> I guess. Horrific unicorns. But, you know, important, I want to point out, the Savage Tales of Horror only requires the Horror Companion. So for example, the adventure that's written for Solomon Kane, you can run it without Solomon Kane. There's a little sidebar in there for how you can run it with Solomon Cain. So it fits into that. And so on with all of the other settings that are kind of a nod towards some of our existing settings. And then we have some that have no setting whatsoever, but they, nice. <laughs> they're still a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think Tommy's working on a deadlands specific one, but it's again, yeah. it was you don't need deadlands. To, to run it or play it. It'll
4: just be a western horror. Yeah, yep. Nice. Western horror.
0: Even Six Gun. Right, Scott?
2: Yeah. Sure? Yeah. 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 Well, I know the, I know the idea is to, to create new gateways, uh, new new places where we can hook people's attention and and bring them in. So I think that's part of it. I think it's a brilliant idea.
0: Right. Sort of like a, if you like this, there's more.
3: Oh, <laughs> check this oh out. yes.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, think, I think it'll be a page turner for GMs. You know, because the GMs are going to get each one of the books. They're going to read the back cover text and go, "That sounds kind of cool." And then they're going to start reading, and they're not going to want to stop at the end of the chapter. They'll want to move on to the next one. <laughs>
0: nice. So that that raises another question. Then, if you're if we're talking about the horror companion, we know that there's some player races in there that are new, uh, monstrous ones in particular. Um, in either the New Rippers or in the Savage Tales of Horror, will players be able to play those those races?
3: That's
2: a you
4: question. Not in Rippers. Not in Rippers, because we're not changing that. That I mean, we're not... Rippers is standalone. It's not going to require the horror companion. Okay. Uh, it's going to be like it was originally. It's going to be a standalone. So it's... We're not going that far afield from what we originally had of saying, you're playing the monsters. The monsters are still the monsters. If you're a monster, it's because you've made yourself one. Right. Okay. You know? And... Um, so that's that's not going to be it. I don't think any of the Savage Tales of Horror are built around that concept. Not that I recall. Um, because most of them went with the straight idea of we wanted to do horror adventures more than supernatural horror-esque themed kind of situations. We have a wide variety of horror adventures, which is cool because... You know, I've, I've always told people, you basically are going to have, like, 15 adventures, and one of them is going to work for whatever Halloween game you want to run.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Whether you want it to be, you know, a Western, you want to fit it into Deadlands with a Western, or you're running Solomon Kane, and you can work this in here, or you can work that in
3: there. Or Weird Wars, or yeah. ETU, or...
4: Yeah, or if you want to run one that's just totally oddball, you know, like Shane, yeah, Shane's story, you know, which is, <laughs> it is very Shane, you know, um, and uh, things like that. So each one has a different flavor and a different feel, which I also think is neat for a GM point of view because each one gives you different thoughts on how to run a horror game that's a little bit different from the others, you know. But then you can also see some of the similarities between them. So it's, it can really be something GMs can look at as almost uh, – a treatise on how to do horror adventures.
0: Nice, nice. So if you wanted to create something of your own, here are some examples.
4: Right, yeah, you got 15 yeah. examples there, yeah, to yeah. go with, and 15 different authors. So it's a lot to choose from. You should find something that's really going to help you, if not everything, you know, doesn't give you some kind of inspiration.
1: I have, so I... Have, go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. It. No, no, if you're still on the
0: same subject, go ahead. I have oh, a, yeah, uh, I was going to say, so as far as... Um, you know what we're looking at uh, in terms of using the horror companion. We're looking at things like the uh, the new, the revised fear, not revised fear, was the different sort of fear rules, uh, the edges, those kinds of things, right? The, the hunter type edges, etc.
4: Yeah, I think we've got. We've,
3: it depends on the 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 story.
0: In the story, yeah.
4: It yes. may there may be some references to like rituals. Rituals, uh, nice. Especially, mm-hmm. I think like in horror, possibly come up. Yeah, <laughs> my. Might come up in the uh, the one that's college themed adventure. Well, there's
3: more than one. <laughs> okay. You know, or, you know,
4: but uh, there may also be um, references to uh, I don't know monsters or creatures or things like that. Because
3: there's of, demons, you know. Yeah,
4: there's. Thinking, <laughs> just thinking how we say
3: like, it. You do. like you but do, like you do. like you do. Like you do. You know. It goes campy in some of them. It yeah. goes really scary and uh, you know, yeah. in some of them. So it's a it's a wide range. And I d yes. I don't
4: think you know, I don't think all of them actually require the horror companion. I think you'll find some in all the books that are gonna take you back to something there. Yeah. and You can use it for certain things. But I think there's also adventures that are just like, you know, all you really need is the core book and make the characters and go. Well, it's
3: setting rules more than anything. Each one of the Savage Tales of Horror has a little uh, yeah, section on yeah. the setting yes. rules for that particular scenario. So yes. a lot of them are coming from the Horror Companion, as well as right. you know, good old Blood and Guts or something like that from you know from Savage Worlds. So <laughs> I, I know the two of you uh
0: I know the two of you had a hard stop at a at a quarter past. Uh is that still the case?
3: And the dog has already come over here to say it's bedtime, you <laughs> Alright,
1: well, well unfortunately, I have to get my question in. Go ahead. Yeah. Um this is a companion related question. One is I'm assuming uh, I hope I'm correct, that the horror companion and the fantasy companion will eventually get the graphic novel treatment. Absolutely. Uh, and then, how close is that to happening?
3: Not anytime soon. We have so much. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those books right now.
1: No, I meant like I know that they have to go out of print first.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is that there's no reason to update them a whole heck of a lot right now. And we're really focusing. We're, you know, we're running flat out on all this new stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to devote any of our staff time to tweaking them and re-releasing them. Just to okay. sorry
4: more than likely what's going to happen is we're not going to think about it for a while because we're doing all this other stuff until it gets to the point where we need to have it done now. And Joey is all like, why haven't you been working on this? Uh, And you're like, like, are you kidding me? Yes. (laughs) How did that happen?
0: Well, I don't want to keep you any longer than than you uh, intended to stay up. So thank you again so much
3: for joining us. um, There are two questions. I know that Ron had one, uh, and then there's one here from our – uh, chat has Peg ever considered producing non Savage Worlds RPGs besides Showdown, a new system or another OGL and that came from Eric Lameru. Um Considered? Yes. Doing it? No. <laughs> well.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did. You did do a
0: card game at one point, right? Yeah, or I was going
3: to say you have to remember we have the the Deadlands uh, board game now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the works, and that's obviously not a Savage Worlds product. So we do have other products that we have. it.
4: Yeah, if we're talking yeah. about other types of games, but if we're talking about RPGs, even yeah. Showdown isn't an RPG. Not really. I mean, it's a you know that's a, a miniature skirmish game,
1: and no, it's yeah, still a distilled version of Savage Worlds. Exactly, Worlds.
4: <laughs> so yeah, if the point is, are you doing other types of games? I mean, yeah, we've got the uh, Deadlands Noir board game. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, think that's yeah, it. No. That's it,
1: right? Shane? Shane is doing other RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> Shane is writing <laughs> for other RPGs. Yeah, right.
0: It's not necessarily published by Peg. Yeah.
3: That's yeah, right. right. That's not yeah. Pinnacle. That's
1: Shane. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> so we'll have to have you back on uh, at another time so we can ask you more about also Goon and
1: um, oh, I forgot the title of the other one. Fury.
4: Tales from the Fury. Yep. Yep. Tales, yes. from the Fury. Yes.
3: Yes. Tales of the Fury. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Once we get a little closer on that, so when there's more information we should definitely bring it back on. Yeah.
3: That sounds like a good idea.
1: Great. Yeah.
4: Excellent. I don't know. That hasn't ever stopped us from talking about things before, not having information. <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump right in.
3: You realize we're making all this up right now. That's
4: right, that's right. We haven't made any decisions.
0: Well well as Shane said, uh you know, join us again next year when we tell you why things aren't aren't out yet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh um Speaking of why things are late, <laughs> oh good, <laughs> uh, necessary evil uh, breakout that oh, right. we were really, really, really hoping we could have it done by and now and ready for Tuesday, but it does not look like we're going to have it. It does look, however, like we might be able to have the player's guide.
0: Oh, so, nice!
3: I'm hope you know you you guys can see it here. You've heard it from me. We really want to get that to you guys. We are not trying to just jerk a chain. Cross um, fingers. But yeah, but we you know, we just have to make sure that all of our ducks are lined up in a row and we gotta get everything in, so.
0: that sounds fair. Yeah, I'd rather have it done right than uh, done fast.
1: So. That's right. So who do we kill? Yeah. Just just a quick question. Who what do ritual get? do we need to perform? Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Killing people means taking them out of the workflow and that's better.
1: Oh bad. yeah. Okay.
3: That's right. And I'm not ratting out anybody on my team. It's is always a team effort. We're all <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, no, I was call. thinking, is
1: there an external influence
3: that
0: we <laughs>
1: right. can take out for sacrifices, you, you know? To well, free delays
3: happen. Okay. Yeah, delays just happen. Yeah.
4: If you could <laughs> cast like, a ritual version of Summon Ally to mow my yard... That would be awesome. <laughs> I
0: would. If I could do that. I would do it for things in my house.
1: <laughs> I'll test that out with the wash my car ritual that I'm working right. on right now. Right, that would be great. <laughs> Bathe my. You know, the
4: reality of if you actually gave college students the ability to cast rituals. Right. I'm summoning an ally to wash my car
1: <laughs> or to take my test.
4: Yeah, take my take test. My t- right. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent.
3: Well, thank you guys for having us on.
0: Well, thank you yeah. for joining us, and, and thank you for organizing it, Jody.
3: Uh, No problem. I'm glad that we had Scott and Sean available so that they could talk about our hottest properties that people have lots of questions about.
0: Yes. Yeah. now you need to leave for... so that we can ask them questions that we can't ask while you're here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, I'll... I'm just, I'm just
5: kidding. I think there's a gag order, actually. Oh,
3: yeah.
4: I'll keep it on.
3: Hi, guys. But I must Yeah. Yes,
0: you're staying. If you want to stay. Oh, you want to stay? <laughs> Sweet, Clint's staying. Sweet. It's, it's, it's the
4: after Jody party. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. I mean, <laughs> that, that always gets me in trouble at Gen Con. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, well, I guess if if you're staying, Clint, then can you what what uh, Ron? You had
1: a question specifically that you wanted to ask about Goon. Yeah, I I did, and I forgot to ask it while Jody was here. Um, She's probably the only one who can answer it. (laughs) Oh, good. So I'll I'll ask it anyway just to put it out there. One of the things I noticed about the goon, because it was not a property I was familiar with, so as uh, a person who is into all things Savage Worlds, I went and checked out the goon. And the first thing I noticed about it is it does not um, conform... To Shane's stated vision of Savage Worlds being uh, PG-13, uh, at least for products coming out of Pinnacle, is there a plan for that? Has the vision changed? Um, what can you say about it? Right, or is it an exception because it's a license? That kind of thing.
4: Yeah, that's a really good question.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Next, hold on, hold
4: on one second. maybe I can get the thing the
3: uh, goon, PG-13. Oh, yeah. I'm bringing her
1: back! (laughs) Yay! That was my goal, was to force her back in front of the computer. You can't leave
0: us, Jody. (laughs) You can't leave us.
1: (laughs) Well, if she's so pretty, I'd rather look at her than Clint. Oh, yeah. There's that. There's (laughs) that.
3: Okay, so, um, what was the question again? So, So, the goon
1: doesn't seem to conform to Pinnacle's like stated PG-13 goals as far as, as, as content that, that Pentacle releases. Um, so is, is this an exception to the rule? Have the rules changed? Can you kind of comment on that?
3: Um, as a general rule, the rules have not changed. No, we still aim for PG-13 only really for violence. Um, uh, you know, we're just not, that's not our kind of company. We want something, it works for the uh, the superhero movies, it works for us too. It's what everybody wants, and if you want more adult situations, you can read between the lines. Um, you know, so I think for Tales of the Fear Agent, what I wanted to point out is that we have done things that are slightly edgier before, like Deadlands Noir. Um, that's not something that we would really consider sticking to our normal PG-13 that's a little bit edgier, but not, you know... <laughs> It's not X.
0: (laughs) Right, you (laughs) got the uh, drinking, the killing, all those kinds of things, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we've done it before, and we will be walking that line pretty closely. Um, But uh, it's in really good hands, Um, so I'm happy with it, and I'm not worried.
4: I think the nice thing about it, though, is as far as presenting a game in an RPG book, we don't necessarily have to present those themes that take it over the top. You know, or we don't it's not that we don't have to present those themes. It's like those themes can be there. We just don't have to graphically describe it to the point right. that take it, you know, past PG thirteen. I mean, you have the same themes in a PG thirteen quote unquote movie that you can have in an R rated movie or something like that. It's just how much you see of that, and how much is, quote-unquote, behind the curtain, so to speak. Right. I'm well, I'm in re- the
0: case of Rippers, sure. with, the, with the amount of violence that even Rippers sort of implies, yeah. you're not necessarily, you know, like spelling that out, but it's it's implied, and that's about it.
2: I'm reminded of a, of a product based on a, a, quite frankly, pornographic comic series called Ironwood. The got the license to do the game. And I was like, okay, this I gotta see. And they dealt with all the story and the world, and they only use images that weren't. <laughs> and they, they implied a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, that was about as extreme as there is, but it's entirely possible to cover a world and create an environment to game in without necessarily bringing every single one of the more graphic aspects of it over.
0: Right, right. The focus being on how does this sort of translate and how do you represent it in a game like Savage Worlds rather than... You
1: know, just I like Jody being in charge because she answers everything. So far, the way I want to hear the answer. <laughs> 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 that is cool. <laughs> what was that?
3: It's because I read your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's through that weird link you have with my wife. That's right. It's like you're plugged in through and you know.
3: Uh huh.
1: <laughs> All right, go to bed. <laughs>
4: I think it goes both ways, Ron. Go ask Vern what I had for dinner.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to test this. <laughs> the, the quick answer is going to be whatever you were told you were having.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's factually
3: true. That's factually true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true.
0: Excellent. Right, is
3: there anything else I can answer for you guys?
0: Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah, we'll okay. just try to get you on another uh, next month. and uh, okay. you know.
3: Yeah, cool. we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can make it work out. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> All right, thank you again. Nice Alright, bye, bye. <laughs> Good night, off. Jody. Good night.
5: I have, to share, I have to share one Flash Gordon thing that was really super cool that happened during Gen Con. Excellent. Um, it was a real simple one. Uh, I had tweeted that uh, the announcement had been made about the game and uh, uh, Sam Jones, who played Flash Gordon... The nineteen eighty movie actually liked and retweeted retweeted it. I thought it was fantastic. Dang cool. That is uh, awesome. You should get was, a foreword written by him, put oh, in the,
0: uh, we are uh, considering that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell Jody you said that. No exactly.
2: I was, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, was I said considering. considering. I said considering. Considering it's struck by the as soon as the red answer was made you kept hearing all of these Brian Blessed imitations. Gordon's alive! Oh, yeah. All of that. You'd <laughs> occasionally hear a Daryl Art and like, Flash, Flash, I love you, but we only have 14 now. I think not hear a single person imitating <laughs> Sam Jones. I felt horrible for him. It's like, nobody's nope, imitating the guy who the thing's named for. What's the deal? And I was like, Um right. Brian Blessed, what are
0: you doing? The, the immediate thing I thought of was the scene from Ted.
2: Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> God.
0: <laughs> Uh-uh. I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that is not uh, part of the cow, no. Unfortunately. no. <laughs> nor, is, nor is flesh, Gordon. That we can't use that. Either. Right. I can't believe you said that. I can't you said that. <laughs> I just said the word Ted. That's it.
2: <laughs> so and that, down the toilet we go. In yeah,
0: any good. case, so um, so we're getting close to the end of the hour here, and uh, so this question is for both uh, Scott and Sean. When when working with licensees, or licenses, I should say, not licensees.
1: Licensors.
0: Licensors. Do you, fa- do you face a certain level of, I mean, this is just a curiosity, is there a certain sort of level of, of just like, holy crap, what did I get into? Or you know, is it something that you're just like, no, this is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, I've got this.
2: Go, Sean. Um. yes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I went after it. As everybody heard me say at Gen Con, the two most common questions I got asked were, how are you handling mega damage, and how the hell did you get Kevin Symbia to go for this? Because um, Kevin had a long-standing tradition of pretty much not letting too many people play in a sandbox and being very, you know, diving on things a certain way. But the thing is, uh, all we had to do is how people approach them. And Kevin and I have been friends for a long time, so my, my situation is a little different. This isn't quite the same as I have no idea who those people who own that cool property are and now we're going to be working cold with them. I can certainly talk to you about what it was like to work with Universal back when I was with uh, the computer game industry and trying kind to of work on a Star Trek project, that's a whole nother nightmare. Uh, but in this case I had the advantage of talking to a friend and coming to some understandings about you know mutual expectations. So in my situation it's it's almost less concerned about what Kevin thinks, but Kevin really cares about his fans. Those are his most important constituents as well as they should be. So Kevin's concerned is how the fans are going to react to things. And uh, that's who I'm kind of looking at, the fans of, of rifts and wanting to meet those expectations. So the pressure is, is intense. This is by far the most complicated, most intense work I've ever done. Not because it, uh, it doesn't work. It does. It works really well. But I want it to work exactly right or as close to exactly right as possible.
0: You, you want to meet the expectations that the fans have. You want to, you want to, you have, want to hit that bar.
2: And, and it's, it's, it's a twofold thing, though. I have to hit the Savage Worlds fans' right. expectations and the RISC fans' expectations and do it in such a way as that they don't end up crashing, that they actually meld. Right. And that's where... So many people who helped me along the way here, and we just had such great interactions. I mean, Clint was, was absolutely mm-hmm. valuable. That trip back to Hickory was was extremely useful. I mean, we, we, we all worked together on that. I mean, it was a trip down to Arizona where I sat down with, with Shane and, and Ross with, with me, and uh, John Wick was involved, and that was really freaking cool, and a couple of guys, Michael Kahn, uh, Jimmy, Valenza, uh, and just some really really great people. But, so what but the point was, back to your question, it it is a challenge, there's no question asked about it the pressure's on but at the same time uh, it's really, really exciting to get to go back to this world that so many of us remember as fans and play in it again and breathe some new life into it, some new ideas and new energy into it, so it's been a tumult of emotional uh, experiences up and down, uh, just exactly as you would have expected
0: Awesome, Awesome, thank you, that's fantastic
2: And Scott
0: Scott,
5: what's your answer? Well, I mean, I've been playing with licensees uh, or licensors, whatever, uh, for for literally <laughs> decades. Uh, I was a writer-producer for uh, Warner Brothers down in L.A. I worked for Kids WB for many, many years, so I was working, producing content for these huge licensees and, and having all these guys... What is it? Is it licensor? Anyway. Uh, licensor, and having licensor. all these guys come in who represented these huge companies or created these characters, and so I've always been comfortable with that. Uh, when it came to working on something like the Six-Gun... Uh, what happened was is I was first and foremost a fan of the comic, and I knew what I wanted to do with it. And, I, and then the second thing that I did was, it's, it's odd to say this, but I wanted to make something that would appeal not just to the gamer. I really want, the whole time I was writing it, I kept thinking, I want this to be a companion book for, for fans of the comic as well as a role-playing game. So that was another thing that I took on. And then it was just having incredible communication with the creators uh, the creators of the comic, uh, especially Cullen Bunn, the writer, and Brian Hurt, the primary illustrator, and uh, I've, uh, representatives of uh, these guys from, from Oni Press, all these guys were awesome. I mean, the doors were wide open. It also helps that I'm in Portland and Oni Press is based in Portland, so it made things really nice. Got a couple of nice you know, uh, lunch and dinner meetings in there as well. But just nice. sitting with these guys and kicking ideas around and being told flat out, we love the fact that you get it. You get the six-gun. And that's where it really clicked, and I felt really comfortable playing in that universe. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to doing the same thing with Flash Gordon. I don't think I'll be dining with anyone. Most of the guys who created that original stuff are long gone. Right. Uh, and, but uh, but it is it's it's attacking it in an, in a way that you just you you want to create something that you know makes you happy that that ultimately is is a, I hate to say the term but an, an homage to everything that made that 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 uh, license what it is I made it so attractive for, for so long. And that's what, what I'm looking forward to with Flash Gordon. So it's, it's I don't know, I, I kind of come at it from a variety of different positions. Um, but uh, I love it. I love working with licenses, licensees, licensors, whatever. Um, and, of course, I have also, um, some people may not know this, but I also wrote uh, original Doctor Who scripts for Big Finish Productions. So I have played in that universe as well, and dealing with the BBC was a colossal thing. Uh, So for for me, it's uh, it's a comfortable thing to play with licenses. So um, yeah, I've never had a problem with it, and uh, I've never certainly never been intimidated by it uh, by any stretch.
0: Yeah, and I got to say, when when we did the six gun hangout on air, and and for those of you who are watching this, if you haven't seen that yet, go back and watch it. It's it's it was a fantastic show. So much fun. It was so fun. And I just thought it was really cool watching how you were interacting with uh, both um, uh, Cullen and, uh, and Brian. Brian. Yeah. Um, it, the the interaction and the way you guys were just sort of geeking out about the setting, and they were geeking out about your work, which was kind of <laughs> cool, right? Like how flattering is that? Yeah.
1: Um, that's get any better than that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I thought I thought that was really neat to see.
5: Well, one of the things, and I mean, it has been promoted, but one of the things in the companion, you know, is a, it's it's an adventure that that Brian and Cullen have plotted. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm making that an adventure. So, I mean, Clint certainly could ch- chime in more about that if we wanted to. But, but that's been sort of a really nice uh, thing because now we are co- completely collaborating on a Savage World Six Gun product together. The creators nice. of the comic and me and and everybody with Pinnacle, and it's just it's turning into this this beautiful beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. You're gonna love it. Tell really us cool. about that, Clint. No. Yeah, Clint. <laughs> Come on, Clint. I'm not
4: bringing Jody back <laughs> for your own I, I will, and safety. I will, I will say that's phenomenal about working with the licensed Eizoors. <laughs> um, is this was the great part, like coming out of Gen Con? So we're there. Colin's there. Brian's there. Uh, Charlie Chu, who's been our main liaison with Oni Press. And at the end of it, Charlie is sitting there, and he is basically telling Scott that he has to come run a game for the people at Oni Press. Oh yes, <laughs> he is—he is enforcing the whole "come run us a game,"
5: you know. Yeah, I've been press ganged into running a game for Halloween. Fantastic. Um, now, now the thing is, of course, Clint, that uh, the that adventure actually is already written. Um, <laughs> I wonder if we should make it available to uh, our, the the fans of the game, but we'll see. It might make a nice
1: one sheet. Hmm. Uh, yes, we could probably <laughs> we make that happen.
4: We can do very small type if it's long.
1: So what's blowing my mind about this discussion is, and understand this isn't to bad mouth other companies. <laughs> What's blowing my mind about this discussion, I just said my not-for-nothing, my my New Jersey, not-for-nothing, <laughs> but uh, kind of every time a licensed RPG is late, it is always the publishers complaining about dealing with the licensors. Um, I always hear, oh, we had to wait for approvals, we had to wait for approvals. The approvals process slowed slow this down, blah blah blah. I have never once seen a company go, "We screwed up, we're fixing it." Um, and the the tale that you're telling is is very different <laughs> than what we hear from these other other publishers. Is that just because you guys have class, or is it just that <laughs> no, you're having a no, different, it's you're funny. just doing uh, it right? Uh, yeah.
4: No, we have or no class. Just, that's that's.
0: A, remember, Savage Worlds is classless.
4: Classless.
1: That's right. Nice. I'm here I mean, all night, folks. <laughs> why am I why am I not hearing any of those types of? Because uh,
4: of the quality, the people we're working with. I mean, you know, we have always put, uh, you know, uh, with the Six Gun and Oni Press, they were phenomenal. I mean, again, that was uh, and. I'll admit, you know, you know, we've been very picky about who we work with. I mean, we've had that kind of discussion before going back to the game's the thing way back years ago about how the licenses we do are one Shane specifically really wants to do or, you know, usually he has some connection with somebody that he wants to do it, like Space 1889 with Frank Chadwick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he had the idea he wanted to do a Space 1889 game and then he just said, well, why don't I just call Frank? You know. And it's like Sean says, you know, it's like, hey, I'd like to do riffs. Why don't I just ask Kevin if we can do that? You know? And talking with the guys at like Oni Press and saying, Hey, do you want to do this? Yeah, you know, Cullen's a gamer. You know. You know, he ran an awesome game at Gen Con. I mean, everybody had a blast. It was fun just sitting there watching it. You oh, know? Yeah. So and, you- and being able to work with people like that, that's what makes it go so well. I think some of the issues that come up when you're dealing with licenses and you're doing a licensed RPG are issues of, we're doing this RPG license because we think it will sell well, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes more than because we really love this property. You know, we, you know, obviously we love Flash Gordon. Like That's it's what, what Slip's been to, you know? Right. <laughs>
0: You have that genuine desire, that genuine enthusiasm, as opposed to just, oh, it's a, it's a license, and so we know we can make money on it, right? Yeah.
2: But Shane prefers to work with people he can work with. I mean, right. he, he, works across multiple, multiple venues, right? He still does some things in the computer games industry, and so there's a lot more money flowing through there, but. He doesn't leave the, this, this because he loves this. He cares about this. And so he's going to always, and, and, and that's the philosophy we all kind of walk with him on is, you know, we want to work with people who want to work with us. And we want to create something cool together. And if it doesn't feel like that, it's not worth really getting into it. Yeah.
0: So n- without naming any any particular. Properties or anything to that effect, because that's that's not what I'm looking for in this question. But um, has there been an instance where Pinnacle Entertainment Group has sort of turned away
4: an opportunity? Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Matter of fact, not that long ago, really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Turned away. Uh, decided not to do a license um, because you know, I mean, it, and it would have been, it could have been, extremely, you know monetarily possibly successful but uh, decision you know was made of one and you know probably not the only one I mean I, well I know it's not the only one you know where we have sat there and said you know if we're not invested enough to do it or you know and that's not there the money alone I mean this is something that if he was here Shane would say again if he was doing this just for the money there's a lot of other ways he could make money sure. More money, you know, and and stuff like that. There's a ton more with his background and his experience and what he's done, but this is what he wants to do and he wants to make books that he loves. And this actually goes back all the way to the original Necessary Evil. You know, when I was first working with him, you know, I Shane said, you know I I said, Well, you know, you can really just take this and do what you want with it. I mean I, I love that and he says, No, you have to be involved because it's your dream. It's your setting. You have the passion for it. And that's what really shows through, I think, in a lot of the books. If you don't have the passion for it, I mean, you can hear the passion in Sean's voice, obviously, talking about riffs, going back on. You can hear it in Scott's voice, both about being a fan of the Sixth Gun and you know Flash Gordon and things like that. That's it. I mean, the passion shows through because you want to make games. If you want a game to be fun, it's got to be fun to write it. Yeah. You know, and create it. And that's really what's gonna, you know, happen. And if it if it becomes hard or it's all about, you know, well, we're gonna, you know, I mean slog through this thing. Yeah, you know, right. through this right. thing. That's not to say that everything is easy or anything like that, but a lot of times that passion is what gets you over the humps of it getting hard.
2: Right.
4: And uh it, it can't like, obviously be money <laughs> that's yeah. making past that. That's that's just not going to do it. But. Another,
2: another, another interesting point here is that uh, Clinton can tell you that the phone call he got from me as I just left Michigan and I'm driving south through Ohio, giddy as a schoolboy, saying, Oh my God, guess what I got? Um, happened a few years ago. So this brings up another point. We don't, clinical uh, doesn't do things until they're ready to do them. Right. And they know right. they can put the 100% effort that's necessary. So... You know, Shane wanted to do it, but he wasn't about to commit to it until he knew he could allocate the resources and time and the energy and make sure that it was going to get done right. So yeah, we waited for a little while before uh, before we came forward with it and made it happen. So that's the other thing is that Shane wants to do it because, you know, uh, Pinnacle as a team, we want to do it because it's fun and we're passionate about it. And we want to do it right, but we don't want to do it at all.
0: Right. Yeah, and and you see that reflected in, in a lot of different products, a lot of projects. Uh, even in the Kickstarters, I think, I see it as, you know, when I see that, that the Kickstarter isn't to create the the product, but simply to get the extra stuff and the products done and ready, that, to me, speaks volumes as far as what Pinnacle's approach is in terms of quality and, and
1: ensuring that a good product is going to exist. So. So, so we should probably discuss the contest we have going on before we... Um, before we sign off.
0: Yeah, so we're going
1: to do a little bit of a, of a mention
0: regarding... Uh, we have a contest running with with uh, Fabled Environments. Many of the folks here on this on this episode, of course, know Fabled Environments. They do fantastic
1: maps. Yeah, the good people. Charles is, is fantastic. Um, I think Quinn should put in a submission for this. I'm just saying. <laughs> right? I don't know
4: that that's going to be fair, considering... I'm, not, I'm kidding, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, there's,
0: there's three slots. There's three slots to win, so, you know, yeah. Yeah. You'll,
1: need, you'll need You one. might make top five.
4: We're actually going to see him. Uh, we'll be seeing them next weekend.
1: That's but, oh, nice. Yeah,
4: you know, if you've got so, anything you need to send him, like cash or whatever, you can just mail that to me, and I'll take care of it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that.
4: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, what you should do is stand on your porch and hold your breath until it gets there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh so uh so yeah we are running a contest um with fable environments uh, we have uh we have the details of that on our website at uh, www.savagebloggers.net. and um basically what it is is uh you you can pick one of the maps that Fabled Environments has has produced their modern floor plans, and submit in 250 words or less a uh, sort of synopsis of an encounter or an adventure you'd like to run with those maps. Um, or you can pick a couple maps if you'd like as well. Um, there's three prizes, three level tiers of, of prizes uh, that are available. Again, those are detailed on the post, on, on the site. And... Um, there's also, all three winners will also have the opportunity uh, to uh, write up a one-sheet for that adventure, and which would be published then by Fable Environments. So if you haven't checked it out yet, please do. And uh, Ron, when are we running that until? Do you remember?
1: I, I think it's a Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah.
0: Tuesday the 8th? So September Tuesday. 8th. September 8th is the uh, Tuesday deadline. Tuesday the 8th? hmm
1: Yeah. It is Tuesday the 8th. Yes. Yes. I wanted to make sure because I knew it was the Tuesday after Labor Day. I just couldn't remember the number. <laughs> and, uh, and just to sort of
0: entice uh, listeners and watch, viewers uh, that are watching right now, the first place prize is the entire Fable Environment's current catalog as of seven fifteen, 15 July 15th. Wow. That's the entire catalog. Wow. The second place prize is all of the uh, Kickstarter map bundles that they've done. Uh, that includes the Average Modern high School, the Average Modern Shopping Mall, and the Average Wild West Town. And then third place uh, winner will will be allowed to choose one of the Kickstarter map packs um, among that that second place prize uh, reward. So yep. three That's chances awesome. to win. Yeah, yeah. Charles Charles really went all out on this one.
1: So it? we're talking about this now because Christian and I are dumb. We are dumb. <laughs> we we put out our uh, our this week's episode of the SBN podcast. Totally and, forgot to uh, mention it. <laughs> Christian totally Christian. Pinged me earlier today and said, "Hey, we forgot to mention the contest." And I was like, "Wow, that was dumb of us."
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, so here we are talking about it on the hangout. (laughs) I just I just depend too much on Ron with his nine years of experience.
2: Uh, Oh yeah. My God.
1: (laughs) Shut (laughs) your face. (laughs) This is me. This is me not not working on the production side of uh of this podcast. (laughs)
2: Okay, excellent. Hit me the link after the show guys I'll, I'll throw it across my network as well
0: Awesome, will do uh,
2: okay, so I'd like to touch something if I may um, i plug anyway I'm going to be uh, Speaking of next weekend uh, This Coming up uh, Liberty Weekend I am a guest at Pacificon Game Expo In uh, Santa, or Santa Clara Nice um, And that's going to be huge uh, I am running Savage Rest demos And doing a couple of panels uh, about the development process for Savage Refs, so talking people through, uh, there's a game designers lab that they like to do, so people get to sit down with, with guys like us and talk about the actual technicalities and aspects of designing games. so maybe doing a couple of presentations about that as well. Um, now, not Savage related, but I still want to brag about it, because it's really freaking cool, and game-a-geeks everywhere, and game Geek, Hitler, we're gonna be just, you know, think it's really cool. Uh, my career began with Champions, I, the first books I wrote professionally in this industry for Champions 4th edition. I've um, been very, very close friends with the original hero system guys all that time, the game, when I started, we became very close. So, imagine how cool it is for me to be able to bring Ray Greer, Steve Peterson, Bruce Harley, three of the original four guys that started, playing characters they've not played in over 20 years. They were the first characters that would be created in champion stats. Wow. They're recru- they're, I, I recreated them for them. They we're not doing it in Champions because I'm involved in another game system called Trials and Paragons. Um, but they're, they're being re- reborn, if you will, uh, and they're running a special you know, Guardians once more. That's what they call the Guardians. They're playing their characters. Anthony gorella is going to be playing uh, in that game. Mondo, Gabriel Vega, the common organizer is going to be playing. Corinne's going to be in this one. It's going to be. They're actually setting spectators for this, so this is actually going to be kind of a big deal of the show and I'm in the run for those guys. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very special thing. So there's that, as I said, there's rich stuff going on. So if you're anywhere around Santa Clara uh, for for the weekend, you know, come down to the con because it's going to be an all-star cast and it's going to be some fun. Uh, just gonna be
0: Do you know if that panel that you're going to be on, is, is that going to be uh, recorded by any chance?
2: Uh, I would imagine so. I think okay. the guy who's running it uh, is the game design lab, but I couldn't swear to you uh, that that's the case. So oh. I'll check into that.
1: All right, cool. Yeah, I'd be cool you know what the, the problem is like with Santa Clara, though? You're well, going to tell us, us, though.
2: What?
1: Too no. many GD vampires. <laughs> no, that's Santa uh, Carla. Uh,
4: Santa
5: uh, Carla. Uh,
2: I know, uh, but they, took, they based it on... Close enough. I've actually been to that comic book shop and talked to the owner, uh, and he showed me all the pictures from when, because they used his comic book shop in that movie. Oh, and, wow. uh, nice. and I sat down there and I chatted with him for a We were growing up for a while. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm actually planning on taking Corrine over there and revisit visit to, to GCA, too. It's, it's pretty cool. Great, it's a great well, it's, a
5: couple, it's a couple weeks away, but I'll squeeze one other thing, too. It's in the Portland area, the Rose City Comic Con. on uh, Sunday the 20th, I'm going to be doing a panel on the Six Gun. I'm oh, creating nice. a role playing game based on a comic book. So it's going to be me and uh, Charlie Chu from Oni Press and we're going to just talk about how you can take a, a, a long-standing popular comic book series and turn it into a role-playing game. So that's, uh, as I say, that's Fantastic. Sunday, September 20th. Fantastic. And do you know if that'll be recorded as well? I don't know, but I might I might record it. <laughs> <laughs> one more point, awesome.
2: then. Uh, for those who uh, don't know, comic Con has always been a really awesome uh, event for Savage Hands, and this year marks the return of Corinne and myself and the Savage and I are sans grill this time, but uh, uh, yeah it's October 15th to the 18th and they're flying us in for that and uh, the you know Evil Mike and Castive and Norm No Relation Hensley and uh, Dave McGuire and all those guys are going to be there uh, and I'm, I'm running uh, Savage so Rift there as well plus there's going to be just a ton of other Savage games so if you're anywhere near Northern Ohio 15th in October there's another place to come find out all about Savage Rips and, and get some good Savage gaming in
0: very cool very very cool awesome Clint you got anything you want to plug?
4: I'm not going to be at Tacticon this upcoming weekend.
5: <sighs> I was hoping to be as well, and it's not going to happen.
4: Uh, uh, I, um, yeah, I, I, I wish I could have made that because we, uh, we actually decided not to be doing Dragon Con this year. Unfortunately, we're really tight on all of our fall into uh, winter cons because of obligations we have now that uh, my, uh, my girls have both gotten into high school, and wow. That suddenly will eat up your time. <laughs> <Yeah>. You're <laughs> yeah, old. Yeah, I am old. <laughs> yeah, shut up. shut up, punk. Yeah. Are you? Are,
0: but, you uh, uh, are you still doing Mace?
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the that's the next one I know we're gonna be at is we'll be at Mace, uh, which will be down in Charlotte, November. I think it's the second week in November this year, yeah. uh, but it's always the first, second week in November, but yeah we're uh, we're definitely going to be down at Mace, and I know there's already you know, um, they've, they've started doing sign-ups, although they haven't opened up game registration yet, for people to sign up for them, but yeah, there's already a bunch of Savage Worlds games that I know are going to be down there, and uh, of course we've got a great assortment of Savages in this area, and some phenomenal games, you know, that I've already seen that are out there being run uh, so, it, you know, it'll be exciting, and it's it's a great bunch of guys, you know. It's uh, it's always been a great convention, and, you know, for people who can make it, you know, unless they make Close it, like, the once journey. in their life, you know. <laughs> hey, I made it the one time, to me. That, that's right, and you were recognized in the dealer hall just by your voice alone. <laughs> that's so funny. kill
2: uh, me if I don't mention, that he will be a touch of con and he is running side of the there. So.
1: Oh, cool. Cool. Sweet. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. Hey, uh, I have to say this just because it's people we've uh, had a good time with on this show before. Um, I just received my download code from the uh, Kickstarter for the Thin Blue Line, a Detroit police story. Uh, so if you kickstarted that awesome setting, you should probably go look in your uh, your email box. I will be doing that right after this. <laughs> yes, so...
0: Yeah, I started reading the player's guide. It's pretty good so far.
1: I just figured out my excuse for why I didn't go to bed on time tonight.
2: My next wife.
1: Right.
4: You know, so, if you use that as an excuse, she's going to expect you to run that game <laughs> this weekend.
1: True story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, speaking of Kickstarters, once again, Clint, good luck with your uh, Carolina game tables. Thank you. It's uh, super exciting.
4: By the way, I want to toss in that uh, both uh, that Fabled Environments has actually uh, joined us up and out of that. They're actually giving away free maps to That's the right. uh, actors on that. Fabled Environments and Dramascape's and both Dramascapes. Uh, stepped up. Uh, really great, people, good friends. there supporting it out there. I mean, figured you got a table, you need to put some maps out on them. You yeah. know, and uh, especially hey, if you're playing Six Gun, the, the Wild West set from Fabled Environments now. It's a perfect set.
1: Yep. Indeed. Indeed. Or some other... There's another Savage Worlds uh, Wild West setting. I, I can't... Just, no, you know, I'm not familiar no. with that one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I've heard about it before, but...
4: Death World. Death
1: World. Yeah. Yeah. Death kill, World. That's what it is. kill Planes
4: or something? Kill Planes. Something like that. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's that one based on Shane's license plate. I can't... Right. God, I can't remember the the name of it. <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, we are way over our usual oh, hour yeah. slot, which is fine because this has been tremendously fun. I could probably sit here for another hour, honestly. But, uh, um, but thank you. It's fun
1: keeping your East Coasters up, man. It's <sighs> Yeah, right? It's just about to turn 8 o'clock for me. Thank you. Yeah, I'm hitting 11 p.m. <laughs> That's right. 8 o'clock. <laughs> Scott uh. and I are just getting started on our night. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh,
1: <laughs> hold
0: on. <All> right. <laughs> Come oh, on. I'm there sure I did know that
2: machine work. Uh,
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, thank you for coming on here and talking to us about Savage Riffs. Uh, we're really excited about it. I think uh, I, I, it's definitely in good hands, obviously. So,
2: thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Enjoyed it. Yeah. You it's going to be on the same podcast with Ron. It was fun.
0: Oh yeah, I mean you guys were like the dynamic duo back in the day. Well, actually, Ron and Vern were the dynamic duo. You were like
2: um, I was the dancing monkey in the background. Right. Much yeah. He
1: was an he was yeah. an excellent third
2: wheel. Don yeah, <laughs> Patrick an excellent third wheel. That's going on the tombstone. I'm pretty
0: you sure. need to put a, a business card that says exactly that. And uh, Scott, excellent to have you back again. Thank you for uh, anytime, time, man. All about it. your uh, yeah. This, the hearing about the Flash Gordon stuff, um, and of course, once once there are more details to share, uh, let us know. I'll be ready. We'll, we'll have you back on here. Oh no, um, no question. And
2: Clint,
0: yeah, and Clint, uh, good to have you back, and glad we didn't have any technical issues. That's second time in a row, no technical issues. <laughs> awesome.
2: I'm gonna
4: let Jody set this up all the time. There you go. There you go. I
2: <laughs> <done all> <laughs>
0: But yeah, but thank you for uh, hitting up all the uh, all the Peg Inc. Uh, uh, questions that we had for you, and uh, and of course uh, also th- give our thanks to Jody as well for for
4: that. Uh, uh, well, thank you guys.
0: Sure, sure. Um, so that's it. I think we're good. Ron, you got anything right. else before we uh, close out? No, I'm good. All right. Well, thank you Rock all. Rock
2: Rock and roll. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, good night, everybody, and thank
2: you again. Night. Good night.